for your information is brought to you by Mortimer's Tooth Emporium, offering $3 per tooth you bring to us. Mortimer's Tooth Emporium. You don't ask us questions, we don't ask you questions. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Information with Zach and John. Did it have to be snakes? Welcome to For Your Information, a podcast about good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. I'm your host, Zach. Now this week's a little different because our good friend and co-host John has decided to cash in his vacation hours and will be gone for this week. Coincidentally, Frank Synopsis has also cashed in his vacation hours and I don't know who approved both of them to leave at the same time. We only have three employees here. Jesus Christ, get it together, producers. And if you're missing John this week, just uh, just think about little John boy, our little baby John in his little adult-sized crib in, you know, the Netherlands with his little uh, bottle of whiskey. He's just drinking it, glug, 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 and thinking about all the horrible things going on in the world. He's got his little AR-15 in his hands, and he's just thinking about the end times. Anyway, we wouldn't leave you without an episode this week, so please join me in welcoming a woman who is an exceptional artist whose work includes co-writing the theme for this podcast and designing all of our logos. And on top of all of that, she has made the unfortunate and horrible decision to be with me for the rest of her eternal life. Please welcome Lindsay. Hello. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, are you a frequent listener of the podcast? You can say that. So... Uh, in total, how many episodes of this horrible, total fucking shit show of a podcast have you listened to? Uh, I would say a cool seven. A cool seven. Awesome. Lindsay was super excited to, like, for me and John to do this podcast. And then once she heard it, she was like, oh no, good God, what have I done? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sometimes it is better to just not support the dreams of others because you, you, you'll you just get disappointed, right? Aww. <laughs> That's depressing. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's, it's always depressing here. I'm just kidding. We, we we try and have fun. Anyway, so I actually thought you'd be a really good, good guest for this show. Not only because me and you have conversations all the time about movies that we watch, but also, like John, you have not seen a lot of, like, you know, big classic movies. You've seen a little more than John, but... There's still some glaring omissions in your watch history. So what's up with that? You know, like I, I kind of asked John at the beginning of the show, like why that is. Do you have a reason for not seeing like some like iconic movies? I wish I could say a reason because I don't have one. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't have any excuses for myself. You don't have, okay. Well, that's fine. Um, admitting that you have a problem is the first step into fixing the problem. And this week, we're gonna, we decided to fix one of the glaring omissions in your watch history, and that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or as they decided to start subtitling it, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is just a mouthful. So, Lindsay, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Really? You haven't seen it. Uh, well, now I have. Well, now you have, but, like, before... We watched it. You had never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cannot say that I have. 
Okay, but you are aware of who Indiana Jones is, correct? I have seen Harrison Ford, yes sir. <laughs> I've seen Harrison Ford, I know what his handsome face looks like, yes. I know what Harrison Ford is. <laughs> I know what Harrison Ford is. Anyway, so, like, have you... I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, like, did you know anything about the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark before you watched it? Um, I was basically... Like, I, I, I knew there was a rock that was not the rock, just a rock. Um, and, um, th- it was actually uh, Dwayne Johnson's father, uh, Dwayne the Rock Sr. Uh, he's a granite oh. rock. Okay. And he he does make an appearance in this movie as that big boulder. Unfortunately, drugs took him too early, and uh, that, this was his only film credit. R.I.P. R.I.P. I'm just glad that his son learned from his mistakes. Anyway. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a gift to us all. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, throw a rock into any random movie theater, and that rock is going to land in a seat where a Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie is playing. We can't escape him. He's here forever, folks. Now, Lindsay. Yes, Zachary. <laughs> so, um, I know that your little brother is super into Indiana Jones, correct? Yes, I would say he spent 75% of ages 5 to 13 spent as Indiana Jones. Inch. Or Batman. Or both. <laughs> I, I want to see the Indiana Jones-Batman crossover movie. It, it will happen. At some point, Disney will buy DC. It will happen. We will get the Batman versus Iron Man movie that we all deserve. And then Luke Skywalker will come in and kill all of them. I'm so excited for it to happen. And, yeah. Okay. What a statement. <laughs> what a statement. I just, just, Disney, just buy it all at this point. Why not? Who cares? I actually have a written statement from John about you not seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, no. And John said, <clears throat> she hasn't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. What the actual fuck, man? Dude, that is like, how? What? No. Dude, you can't marry her. You know what? It doesn't matter what John said. It doesn't matter because he's not here and he can't hurt us from where he's at. At least I don't think. That's, you know, that those are some, some big words coming from Mr. I haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. That is true. He hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz. That is a much bigger sin but we have corrected that, and we, we corrected you not seeing Indiana Jones. So, let's get right into it. Now, normally, this is where me and John go into a cocktail for the week. However, Lindsay is not a big drinker. I am not. My favorite beverages include water and Coke Zero. And you know, I've known John a long time, and I've known you about five years now. If I didn't know that John was a cocktail wizard and, like, really really like to drink i shouldn't say he really really likes to drink he just likes to have a drink every once in a while i would think that john's favorite drinks would be water and coke zero but they actually aren't john's favorite drinks are like alcohol and regular coke i wouldn't i wouldn't pick john as a regular coke guy but he is so there we are anyway I just wanted to remind everybody that we are going into summer and it's gonna be a fucking hot one so even if you're at a cocktail party, make sure you're drinking water. Make sure you stay fucking hydrated. I'd say at least a glass of water per cocktail. Maybe like one of those little like little kid water bottles, you know, that like, they would give you at like church camp or whatever. Like, you know, they're just like, they're a little cool. They fit in your hand. You can throw them like a grenade. You know, like one of those, like have one of those, like shoot one of those after you shoot a shot. 
Pour because, one out for our homie John. Pour one out for our homie John. He will be back eventually, I think. I don't I don't I think that he's actually on vacation. I want to believe that he's doing that and that he didn't just abandon me. Anyway, let's move on. Uh this is also the part of the show where we would have someone come in and do a synopsis, our our good buddy Frank synopsis, but he is also on vacation and or running from the law again. So we actually don't know where he is. So I guess I'll do the synopsis this time. I mean, oh, there's a knock at the door. Who is that shrill woman? Uh, yeah, let her in, I guess. I mean, why not? Why not? We already have one guest. Let her in. Hello, uh, can we help you, ma'am? Hello? Oh, dear God. That's not the voice I imagined you making. Um, hello, uh, what's your name? Nancy. Nancy what? Synopsis. Oh, Nancy Synopsis. Are you related to Frank Synopsis? I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Okay. I can't blame you. I've, I've met Frank. Is he uh, your brother? Husband? Don't worry about it. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. This is... <laughs> That, that's more information than I needed to know. Um, so, uh, Nancy, what brings you to the studio today? Well, my brother's off doing God knows what, and uh, I'm here to do do his duty. Oh, oh, so Frank sent you in to, to do the synopsis for him. Yeah, you don't think he'd leave you high and dry, would you? Oh. You pay for his dry cleaning. Is that what he tells you that we pay for? Hey, somebody, next meeting, uh, first order of new business, what the fuck do we pay Frank for? Dry cleaning. I, I guess so. All right, so, uh, here, here's your, here's your copy. Uh, if you want to read that synopsis for, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, go right ahead. Can we get this going? I gotta get back to my 47 kids. 47? How many of them are Frank? You know what? Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. Jesus. Where do you live, Nancy? Is this a safe line? Yeah. Are there cops listening? N no. You know what? Just just read it. Just read it. Alphabasaic, New Jersey. Okay. You didn't have to lean into my ear to say that. I, I just wanted you to know. Dear God, you smell just like Frank. And Thank that, you. That that has too many. I will take that as a compliment. That that has a lot of implications that I don't feel like getting into right now. Will you please just read the fucking synopsis? You don't gotta be rude about it. Sorry, I'm I'm used to Frank. I'm used to dealing with him. Okay. Archaeologist and Professor Indiana Jones is contacted by a secret government service to intercept. The Ark of the Covenant from the Nazis. Awesome. Thank you. You know, maybe you could have been the voice of Siri or some other random compliment. Am I done? Did I do it? Yeah, here's a, here's a crisp $5 bill. I oh, hope that gets you back oh, to Passaic. Oh, don't tell them where I'm from. There could be cops listening. You know what? You're right. Why don't you go ahead and get out of here before anyone else hears you? Wow, golly gee, a five dollar bill. Alrighty, all yep. What am I supposed to do with this? You pay for his dry cleaning. Okay, Nancy, we, we're gonna we're gonna move on now. Okay, see you later. Yeah, whatever. <sighs> you Who know was what? that lady? I was just upstairs in the bathroom, and what other women are you hiding in our apartment, Zachary? 
Listen, first of all, this is a podcast studio. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. And second, I don't know where the fuck she came from, but apparently it is Frank's sister, wife, something, I don't know. And she lives in Passaic, New Jersey, so I don't know how she got here. I don't know who drove her here. I don't care, and I don't care for her to come back. Anyway... She gave us a synopsis, so now we can move on. If you haven't seen Indiana Jones, go watch it. That was a very brief synopsis. It is an action-adventure movie. I don't know what you wanted. All right, so Lindsay. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about iconography. So Indiana Jones is an iconic character. And, you know, he's just... You you see, it's almost a cliche at this point. Like, that's what I feel like icons typically end up being in film. Like, you see it parodied and you see it just, you know, everywhere. Like, especially, like, what you were talking about. Like, the rock coming down and, like, almost hitting him and him jumping on the plane and them getting out of there with all the arrows going towards him. Like, like you see it everywhere. Like, the Simpsons have done it. South Park's done it. You know, countless, countless fucking things have done. So, I guess that... That makes me want to ask you, how, how did that play off for you? Like, because you must have already known that some of that was coming. And that can kind of ruin the fun, especially for a movie like Indiana Jones. So did you feel like shafted in any way? Did anything take you by surprise because you hadn't seen it before? Um, not really. I did not like the spiders. I, I will say that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That I I would say that took me by surprise. Did, did not like that. Um could have done without that in my life so you um, so tell tell them how afraid of spiders you are because i don't think they understand listen this woman has woken me up at four in the morning to go kill a baby spider that she saw in the corner of the room and it was dark in the room mind you i don't know how she saw it i don't know why you saw it but it, it's just been a constant in this relationship so if I would have remembered about the spiders in this movie, I probably wouldn't have recommended it to you. Well, well, listen, listen. You're being pretty judgmental right now. Judgmental? Like, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying I want the audience to understand how much you don't like spiders. I don't. It's okay, because I don't like snakes, and there's a shit ton of those in this movie, too. You also don't like alligators. I fucking hate them. I hate alligators. If there was any species that I could just go up to God and be like, hey, you fucked up bad on this one, buddy. It would be goddamn alligators. Or myself. One or the other. One of us gotta go, God. Make a choice. It's Is prob- that why Steve Irwin left us? Did you do this, Zachary? No, Steve Irwin left us because a bitch-ass stingray got him. It wasn't even a crocodile. I'm gonna send the ghost of Steve Irwin after you. And you're just gonna be sleeping. And you're just gonna be all cozy in your little bed and just... You're acting like I don't see Steve Irwin every night in my dreams. We miss you, Steve. R.I.P. Yikes. Yikers. Yikers. Crikey is more like it. Anyway, so what what makes the icon? Like, is it the music that goes behind it? Is it the actor? Is it, the, is it just the scenery? Like, let's just take Indiana Jones for example. Like, what really struck you in Indiana Jones? Like, like, that you knew, like, oh, shit, this is the dude. This is the Indiana Jones. I mean, I, I know what a Harrison Ford is. I understand I, you I, know. Have you seen a picture of Harrison Ford? I have seen a picture <laughs> of Harrison Ford. He's a very, very handsome man. 
but like specifically the character like because especially with like George Lucas and John Williams like the score just goes so well with the character that like you know you hear bum, ba, dum, ba, bum, ba, da, you know exactly what the fuck they're referencing right so like I just I guess it just makes me wonder like what exactly like makes that happen like was there something that did it for you in the movie I mean not really honestly um and see I think I'm a little tainted because going into it it's like I know this is iconic. Right. So, I mean, for me, it's kind of tainted in a way because I didn't go into it with pure ignorance. But, um, yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford is attractive. Right. He's doing his own stunts. Which and is And he's nuts. also passing himself off as a scholarly scholar man. So, <laughs> kind of checks all the marks for... For little for, old Lindsay's. Oh, you caught me. I caught you. <laughs> you. You caught me. So, that all being said, do you think that, like, iconography can be, like, manufactured? Like, do you think there's, like, a, like, a, you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and then, like, this is instantly going to be iconic, and people are going to know what you're talking about? Well, like, no, not necessarily, because I think part of it is that it has to be authentic when it feels manufactured. I think people... Well, I wouldn't say everyone, but I would say some people are turned off by that. Like with, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I don't know, like Transformers movies. Right. Like, technically. It, it, they're like huge the box pattern. office. Yeah, the patterns there. They're throwing you all the money, uh, the CGI, Shia LaBeouf for some reason. Like, you're supposed to look at this and go, oh yes, this is the movie of the year and obviously it's not i think it's an intersection of talent whether that be acting writing um you know cinematography it's it's everything coming together to create the perfect moment right i like your answer but first of all i think you're forgetting about the star power of shia labeouf in the early 2000s like did you see holes that kid should have went on to do things L listen you guys can't see it, but she just made, like, the most, like, sarcastic fucking face at me. And listen, what? lady. I would, I would never. Listen. Who, who are you talking about? Not me. Holes, <laughs> Not me. Holes is an absolute masterpiece. We need to take Madame Zeroni up the mountain to end whatever the fuck is wrong with 2020. Anyway, let's move on to something that I think that you might have a little bit more fun with. Okay. Okay, so, now, as we mentioned... Indiana Jones. He's a scholar. He's a professor. He's a doctor. Hubba, He's also hubba. that the big A, an archaeologist. <laughs> Uh-oh. Keep your panties on, ladies. This guy, Bill, this guy digs for bones. Uh-oh. And he's going to have you digging for his bone. Anyway. <laughs> You want to see yourself out? I, I wouldn't argue with you. I, you can't kick me off my own podcast. First of all, it says that in my contract. Watch me. And second, so archaeology also has a lot to do with art history because that's how they found a lot of the a lot of like the art that we see in museums. So was any part of that interesting for you in the movie? Like how you know, like I, I would say so because you know sometimes when you're going to museums and at least for me, I'm. I don't know, I find myself 
paying more so att attention to the the composition or you know what the find is but sometimes you I don't know at least I forget like the battles it was to just get them to museums and how they were stolen from their cultures and mm -hmm. I didn't really think about that and that was my that was my bad America I apologize um, but I think it's important to realize you know the the struggles and the battles that were fought just to give you this information and I think sometimes people are like Ugh, museum Ugh. but I think it's really interesting to look at like little slivers of our past because I don't know some of this stuff has been around for literally thousands of years it's really interesting and the ways that they find these things are really interesting too yeah and see I guess for me when I go to a museum what I'm way more interested in is how they found this or what was going through the artist's head when they made this because like art is a little lost on me unfortunately now it's gotten better since I've been with you because you've made me understand like actually all the hard work that even goes into like you know something like a Cy Twombly painting where it just looks like scribbles and blotches like on a gigantic canvas and you're like oh, I could do that but guess what you fucking can't I tried when I do it it just looks like poop and I I I don't know how I don't how I don't know how these guys do it like modern artists like I think that's my favorite era is modern art and I know how they found that they bought it from the fucking artists or from their family right well, but it's different but there's things like you know from I would say probably like probably like 1600 back like all that stuff has to be found usually and you know I mean I guess sometimes they do find it in ways like they do in Indiana Jones where it's somebody going and actually physically looking for it you know, trying to find a trail of who last saw it, who has it, and then maybe there's killing involved? I don't know. Well, I mean, just think about the fact that, like, you know, a lot of our, like, you know, a lot of what we um, consider, like, you know, when we think about archaeology, like, you know, when they found King Tut's tomb in 1922, I think. Don't yeah. quote me. Was it 22? I, I believe it was 22, but listen, nobody here is going to care about that, so... It, forgive it, it, me America I don't know math forgive the five people in America that are listening to this one in the Netherlands because I'm sure John will listen to this hi John <laughs> anyway but um, you know just think about the fact that you know when you see a lot of Egyptian art the noses are broken mm -hmm. and you know a lot of the noses were magically broken off by just time a lot of these noses were chiseled off on purpose to, you know, erase the signs of, you know, African origins, even though Egypt is in, in Africa. Africa. yeah. And even in Rome, like the Roman statues, they weren't always that chiseled, marble, clean look. They were painted, and they were still painted when the archaeologists found them. They just thought the, the clean marble was much... Um, much more elevated and um, trying to think of the word I'm trying to use here proper as compared to the painted version so they scrubbed all the paint off so they were just plain marble so a lot of the times too it's like the art and the history that we see are controlled by the people who discovered them if by that narrative just like how I'm sure if spoiler alert the Nazis would have captured you know the Ark of the Covenant 
their view of history would have been a lot different. Yeah. So it kind of depends on who's looking for it, who finds it, what happens, what's going on in time at the moment. Right. So, like, let's just say, like, those stone, like, that stone marble was found, let's say, today. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that, like, finding those at that time and taking the paint off was a necessary evil so that oh, people... Yes. So, so that we would understand, like, hey, 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 fucked hard. Don't do that. Is that... Like, is, like, has it... I guess what I'm trying to ask is, has that erased part of the history? Of, like, so now we j- we know that it was just, like, normal clay titties under there. And it wasn't, like, you know, this beautiful painted thing. Like, I actually didn't know that. That they were... That some of them were painted beforehand. I mean, it's not to say that they're not beautiful, but I think that kind of... Also, it's like sugarcoating. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's coming up with your own vision of history, just like Quentin Tarantino rewrote Sharon Tate's death in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's not the truth. That's not what happened. That's his kind of romanticized version. Have you ever seen what those statues look like? I mean, like I've seen them. Like you're talking about, like didn't they have one in um, Atlanta at the at the high? I don't think so. So, this is what one of them looked like. Oh, that's crazy. So, it's not necessarily, like, bad. I don't think it makes it bad or worse. It's just creating a narrative of history that didn't exist. Right. Like, so they painted these things, but now we can't see that because somebody decided that that paint's not supposed to be there or someone vandalized it or something like that. Well, it was the... It was the Victorian era, and it was the Victorian era ar- archaeologists that found it, is why. Ah. Yeah. Okay. That's what... <laughs> if you thought white people were bad now... Congrats. Oh, honey. There is there is so much. There's so much. And, but, have you... Did you ever, like, study about any archaeologists in, like, particular? Like, how does Indiana Jones hold up to like a real archaeologist like obviously indiana jones is stylized and he's a fictional character i'm assuming most archaeologists aren't like pulling like mad puss all the time i just have to assume well i mean in art history you don't really or at least i don't necessarily learn about the archaeologists themselves it was Mm -hmm. more so about the pieces that they found or you know um the art or the the cultural right. context of the of the object not necessarily the person who found it right and i think that's how it should be because like the person who found it is like that's one story but like the important part is that we uncovered this thing from history it can tell us about the culture of that time and like maybe even like how they how they viewed art then because you know and i i remember i can't remember well, who it was keep in mind art had a very different context um, in the past before like photography because that was the only way to capture like an image technically or create iconography it, it was all through painting and sculpture and um, churches churches are you know ancient churches are were forms of art themselves mm. um, like the like the Sistine Chapel for example well yeah and um, you know Hagia Sophia and all of these things are, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're interested, you know, intrigued 
and then by you know their their beauty or lack thereof and because you know societal beauty images change right <laughs> see venus of willendorf um she was the f- the venus of willendorf was um the first um sculpted image of a woman um, mm-hmm. i'm gonna do a quick google search <laughs> thanks college because i can't remember when it was created anymore so it was created in 28,000 BC. So, so, so we're talking caveman times. This is before uh, you know our man JC came into the picture or didn't. I don't know. You choose. And so, it's called the Venus of Willendorf because this was like basically what the idealized woman would have looked like. So you know, full, heavy breasts, uh, a, a larger you know stomach. I'll, I'll put a picture of this up on the up on the podcast page so you guys can know what I'm talking about. Um, these are some big honking titties, first of all. And second, I guess she has a beehive on her head. I'm very confused as to what that is. But anyway, you can go look at it and you can tell me in the comments what you think it looks like. But anyway, I can see this. I mean, like... It's an image of fertility. Oh, okay. So, you know, the large breasts, you know, to and the large abdomen to, you know, fertile. Fertile, fertile Myrtle. She's she's ready to go. You can take that shit to pound town. I get it. I get it. And her large breasts could feed children. Right. Like like litters, like like puppies, right? Like she could feed like a bunch. Is is that what they're trying to say? Like I I know that let, let me let me yeah. backtrack that really quick. Yeah, let's backtrack I, I, that really quick, hon. I understand how breastfeeding works. Do you? Yeah, it has to be done in the dark, otherwise Jesus can see it. Anyway, I'm 100% kidding. Please just feed your kid wherever you want, however you want. I don't give a shit. Anyway, yeah, because like back back in like you know bce and really up until like medieval times like being larger was like a sign of wealth and health and that that was like what you desired and so anyway now where is this located at now question let's find out where is this located google museum of natural history in vienna in vienna i hear vienna waits for you <laughs> anyway so uh, anything else you want to add to the art conversation of this, Lindsay? We usually don't have someone who's, like, super into art on this show. Because me and John are very meat and potatoes kind of guys. You know, our favorite medium of art is film. And John also really likes ambient music. So, you know, whatever on that. I, lo- I love that John's here and I can just shit on him. And I have a feeling when he comes back on next week, he's just going to have a lot of shit to say to me. <laughs> it's going to be fun. As Stay he tuned. should. As he should. Oh, John shits on me on the podcast all the time, and it, it's great. I love it. Anyway, let's move things right along. Um, did you did you have a favorite scene in this movie? Like, did anything, like, catch you off guard and you were just like, ooh, yeah. That's what I thought. Thank you for your contribution, Siri. Why is your Siri a British woman? I've never understood why you did that. Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. Does she tell you, like, things are in, like, kilometers? I I don't know. Like 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 when you're driving, like, does she say, the loo is in 72 kilometers? Like, does that happen? Why are you being hateful towards British people? You're making me sound like I'm being hateful and I'm not. 
Like, I'm, I'm just asking, like, does she tell you things in kilometers or miles? Zach appreciates all two of his British listeners. Yeah, we love you guys. Uh, hopefully it's John Oliver. I don't, I can't confirm if it is. John but, Oliver lives in New York. But he's British. And he, he counts. He counts. John Oliver counts. Hashtag John Oliver counts. Anyway, let's get back into Did you have a favorite scene? Um, I, I like the part where the guy's face melted off. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's pretty metal, isn't it? Yeah. Did you know that's actually one of the reasons that we have the PG-13 rating? Because, like, back before, like, 1980s, you know, the ratings were G, PG, R, and X. X. Cross. It's a sideways cross to let you know that Jesus would say, uh-uh. And no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not for my children. Um... Anyway, so, you know, PG was, like, kind of like a... You know, it's not bad enough to be R, and that's why things like, you know, the Goonies were rated PG, even though, like, now they'd be, like, PG-13. You know, so, like, you could have swear words, you could do all this. You know, it was generally suitable for people, you know, ages 10 to 18. Like, that. that's the demographic PG would go. And then... Fucking Indiana Jones went and melted someone's face off in not one, but two movies, and parents were like, that's too, too many faces my children have seen. It happens in the second one, too? Yes. It's more graphic in the second. You just spoiled it for me! Listen, any movie... That's the only reason I would watch the second one, and now I know that. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, (laughs) this is the rule on the podcast, any movie that is older than 20 years old is not... Like, you can't spoil it. Like, if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. I'm gonna tell- I'm gonna tell John how The Wizard of Oz ends. John knows how The Wizard of Oz ends. For John, The Wizard of Oz ends when that munchkin is hanging in the background. Because that's, like, that's his new thing. Like, he loves the controversy behind that. And I think he needs to stop. (laughs) Because he wants to find it. That it's all he does now. Maybe that's what he's using his vacation time to do. Maybe he's gonna come back and let me know. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, parents were like, you gotta end this, you know, because the PTA is a thing, and, you know, the PTAs got together, and they were like, hey, MPAA, fix it, and they were like, what if we make a different rating, and they're like, okay, and that's how that happens. Fascinating. Yeah, it's really and truly, if you're a parent and you're pissed about something, you can usually get something done about it, usually. You know, th- this is where we get Karens. Karens started in the 80s. That is the genesis of Karens. So anyway, but I do think it's it's important to have a rating in between PG and R. I know most people don't care about this, but I do just because it's, it's fascinating what we deem, you know, what should be censored or what should be kept from certain age groups. Like, I find it fascinating, especially in America, like, sure, a face melting off? Probably not the best thing for, like, a five-year-old to see. I can understand that. But, like, you know, just swear words and things. Like, did you know if you have more than three F-words in a movie, it's rated R just off the bat? It's ridiculous. They say the F-word after, like, six o'clock in, like, but they don't have as many violent TV shows as we do. So I think movies should be more based on their violence level than their, like, you know, language level. But I think America's kind of, like, gone to, like, an extreme of both. Where you've got, like, movies like Super Bad, where they say the F word every other minute. And then you've got things like Die Hard, where they're also saying the F word every minute. But they're also, like, 
you know, punching a bunch of bullets into guys. So I think that's truly an American problem. Like, where we just, like, everything has to be violent in some way. And I think that's why our rating system works the way it does. It's like, all right, how violent is it? How many boobies are in it? Okay, there's one booby. There's one no... and a half booby. Yeah, let's, like across the universe, for example, it's like, okay, there's a half booby. There's no, there's no F words. PG-13. And then something like the King's Speech. All right, we've counted two F-E words. If he says one more, one more, one more. Ah, now it's rated R. I don't understand. The King's Speech should be rated G. It doesn't matter. I personally do not care if children hear the F word. It's not. It's a word. It's a word. Have you, have you heard kids talk today? They all say it. They all say the F word all the time. It, it's not even funny anymore. It used to be fun. Make kids innocent again, and then teach them the F word again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was a rant. I apologize. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to them. I'm sorry, listening audience. I don't think you're solemn enough. I'm sorry. If you listen to this podcast even more than one time, you know that I do these things. Do you have anything else to add about Indiana Jones, about art, about movies, about rating systems, about how cute you think Harrison Ford is, apparently? I didn't say he was cute. Oh, yeah, you said he was handsome. He's which, a handsome fella. Which either means you're, like, real hot and heavy for him, or you're a grandma and you're like, he seems like a nice boy. Or I'll somewhere in... Grandma be- for 5000 Alex? Okay, so your, your view of Harrison Ford is very innocent, and it's not weird, and I don't have anything to worry about. Because they, they're... Because Harrison Ford is in several things at at Walt Disney World, so I don't want to lose you to Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is also like 9 billion years old. Listen, he is 70 years old and he looks goddamn good for 70. Like, if I looked that good at 70, shit, I'd do heroin. Because if I make it, I'm telling you right now, I know I've told you off the air, but I'm telling you now too. If I make it to 70, 75 years old, I'm doing heroin. Because why not? Like, what do you like? What do you have to lose at that point? All right, so that's Indiana Jones for you, and uh, let, let let's keep the conversation going. I'm having fun here. I hope you're having fun here. I'm having a whale of a time. You're having a whale of a time. All righty. So this week there's a movie coming out that you and I have been like excited for, and that's King of Staten Island. It stars uh, Pete Davidson from SNL, kind of like a somewhat autobiographical film and uh so it was gonna come out in theaters but because of the coronavirus it's gonna come out on vod are you aware of vod video on demand no i'll take your (laughs) silence as a fucking no all right so basically what that means is they're releasing the film digitally and they're skipping the theater now, like, we, it's happened a couple of times with, like, you know, more independent films, but because of coronavirus, we're actually seeing, like, you know, big studio movies moving to this VOD style. So, like, you know, Trolls World Tour. Not that I really wanted to fucking say, see Trolls World you? Tour. But, it, it, I mean, you can't, you can't fight the numbers. You can't fight the money. You can't stop the beat. Anyway. You can't stop the avalanche as it races down the hill. Exactly. The avalanche of just money and how how in the ever-loving fuck are they going to keep being able to, like, you know, release that movie with the 
mounds and mounds of copyright money and like licensing money they owe to people for that movie i'm getting off topic anyway so you know it, they'll put it out on like amazon video or you know youtube or from like your lo from your local on demand service and you could pay like $20 to watch the movie which to me is not really that big of a deal because i remember at one point me and you in atlanta paid like what $30 to see one movie and I think it was the disaster artist. It was a dark time. It was a really dark time. For whatever reason, the only place we could go to see the disaster artist was like this fancy ass regal in the middle of uh, Atlantic Station in Atlanta. It's actually a really nice movie theater. I liked it. And it was like a 21 plus like theater. And it had like these nice ass um, reclining seats. And like there was a bar in the back. Like it was really cool. But it also costed us thirty dollars to see the movie. So anyway, what I'm getting at is twenty dollars really isn't that much to watch a movie, and you get to watch it at home. So you can pause it if you need to go take a piss, or you know if you need to go get another drink, you don't have to worry about missing anything. So, I guess my question is, how do you feel about that? I think it's a good idea for families, for sure. Which oh is yeah. Why I think. Movies like Trolls, Trolls Two. I was about to say, goodness gracious. Yeah, I think it, I think it's Trolls World Tour, specifically to get around Trolls Two. Yeah, because oh yeah, because they can't you can't be Trolls Two. If you don't know what Troll Two is, just look up a highlight reel. You'll you'll thank me later. Anyway, I think they missed a big a big thing by not calling it Troll Two Electric Boogaloo. Because they absolutely should have. Anyway, we need to stop talking about trolls. <laughs> we. We. Listen. You've been leading the conversation on trolls, sir. Listen, I know what the trolls are. I know what they do. Why they do that voodoo they do, I do not know. Anyway. So, yeah, it's it's a good idea for families because, like, you know, at ten bucks a ticket, usually for a matinee, like, you know... If you're taking like little Susie and little Johnny after soccer practice, you know, you, you're you're out like 30, 40 bucks. And that's before fucking popcorn and shit. So, you know, you go to the store, you buy your Orville Redenbacher and you like put your credit card into the TV and you, like five seconds later, you're watching Trolls in your house. And you can actually like leave those little motherfuckers to watch the TV and you don't have to watch Trolls. That's a great idea. True. Paris around America. Like, oh, you mean that I can just, I can not be a bad parent by leaving my children to watch Trolls? Because normally, if you just left two five-year-olds in a movie theater by themselves, you officially don't have two five-year-olds anymore. True enough. So, I think it's a great idea, but like, I don't think I would want everything to be video on demand. I think I still want, you know, I still like the act of going to the movie theater. Oh, of course. There's something that makes the movie special when you have to go out of your way to go see it. Exactly. And with the availability, like, so much media is available at, like, you're, the you're, tips of your fingers, I think, in a way, it kind of just feels like, eh. Right. Because, like, Netflix uploads movies all the time. Right. Like, you don't watch every single one of those. So I think it the margins for, like, like a movie to be popular or a flop kind of... Right. Like there's higher stakes now because either it's going to go viral, it's going to be amazing, or it's going to be like, eh. Right. And, like, it shouldn't be that different. I think if they're going to go that route in the future, 
I think that they need to partner with like Netflix or Amazon to get those movies put out there. So like, you know, if like DreamWorks worked with Amazon and like Warner Brothers worked with Netflix. It, well, actually Warner Brothers already works with HBO. Sorry, my bad. Uh, HBO Max is out by the way. And uh, I would say hold on it because there's not a lot of original content on there right now. But there is a shit ton of Turner Classic movies, so if you've missed, like, a lot of, like, classic classic movies, they have stuff going all the way back to the silent era. Like, uh, I think me and Lizzie are gonna start watching some, uh, some Charlie Chaplin shit and some Buster Keaton shit, because that is where it is good. Anyway, so, like, I think that they would need to kind of bring it... I think they would have to bring it to something that people are already paying for. But you know, I don't I don't work in the movies. I wish I did, but I don't. So I don't really know how the financials of that work out. Anyway, I'm not sold on VOD. Like I think I'll do it for King of Staten Island just because I really want to see it. But I, I just can't see movie theaters going away. Like people are saying like movie theaters are just gonna go away. Like a lot of movie theaters are now not going to carry universal movies when they reopen. Oh, yeah. Because they're mad about them going to VOD because movie theaters are worried about becoming extinct. It's like, I get their worry, but I just don't think that they're going anywhere. Like, I mean, that's like a fun summer activity. Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't think, I really don't feel like movie theaters will ever truly go away. No, they, they, they might go to just strictly art house, which I'm totally fine with. But, I mean. Well, even just look at drive-in theaters. They've had a huge comeback now since, mm -hmm. you know, Corona ruined everything, so... There's even, like, drive-in concerts going on right now, which I think is super dope. I'm just not paying $90 to sit in my car. Fair enough. I'm just, I'm just not doing it. it. That sounds stupid to me. <laughs> but, I don't know. I, I think coronavirus is going to change the way that we do media. I mean, like, media had already changed, but I think this is really going to push it. Like, I, I truly expect that by the time, like, mine and your lifetime is over, like, there probably won't be normal cable TV. Like, I don't think that'll be a part. Oh, yeah. Not when, like, you have the ability to watch whatever you want, whenever you want. The allure of cable just seems more or less like a waste because thousands of channels, like, ten years ago sounded, like, amazing. There was never anything on, though. No. And, and I still have the same problem now. Like, I never know what to watch. I wish I did. I wish that there was something amazing to watch on Netflix all the time. But there's just not. I, I'll, I'll just watch Donald Glover's stand-up special again. That, that sounds good. <laughs> anyway... I think that's going to be about all the time that we have for this week. Uh, Lindsay, thanks for coming in and filling in for John. Uh, Nancy Synopsis, wherever you are, thank you for, you know, joining us, I guess. Learned a little too much information about Frank there. But, Lindsay, how was your first experience on the podcast? Riveting. Riveting. You loved it. It was just like having a conversation with me like we have at home all the time, right? Except now there's like the pressure that other people are going to listen to. Yike. Yike is right. And I do this on a weekly basis. Anyway, so for For Your Inflammation, I'm Zach. I'm Lindsay. And we hope you have a great week. We hope that you get back to work. We hope that, you know, you're feeling okay. And we hope that you have a great summer. 
we'll, I'll be back next week with John. We're going to talk about Donnie Darko. We're going to finish up our cult classic series that kind of got put on hold because of uh, the state of the world and because of John going on vacation. So we will see you next week. Have a great one. Watch a new movie. Thank you. Bye-bye.